what is your brand without imagery, you know, or like any sort of visual content. It's so important. I mean, you see the rollouts from certain brands and there's a reason why it does so well. Yeah, the graphics are cool, but if it didn't have that image to go with it, it wouldn't matter. Hey guys, I'm Izzy Sapien, a seasoned brand builder in the most elusive and mysterious industry on earth, the glamorous beauty industry. And I'm on a mission to make beauty a better place, starting with this podcast. I work in the marketing departments of several major beauty brands and help build a number of emerging brands from zero to millions. Each week, I'll break down the details of some of beauty's most notorious and untold scandals of today, along with my own personal experiences. But most importantly, my whole reason for doing this podcast is to highlight beauty and wellness brands, influencers, and trailblazers who are doing it right and deserve a piece of the spotlight. Not to be mistaken for a cancel culture reboot, this well-intentioned tell-all aims to create a space for growth in beauty. I hope you'll join me every week for honest and stripped down conversations. After all, it's growth. That's a thing of beauty. Hey guys, welcome back to A Thing of Beauty. My name is Izzy. I have a really special guest here today, not just professionally, but someone I have an enormous amount of respect for on a personal level. Our careers in life, personal lives seem to have found this interesting parallel shift. We were never anything alike, but now we are both um, mothers. We both work a lot in independent beauty in the industry. I've moved a lot more into the marketing side and Steph's getting more into brand photography, but we formerly both worked as makeup artists. She was an, and still is an incredibly talented artist and she's into a lot of things. This stuff has a huge background in traditional beauty um, and then moved into clean beauty later. And we've shared some clients over the years. We know a lot of the same founders on a personal level. And Steph works in the creative side. I work in the revenue driving side. And we are both two people who get to hold a lot of power when it comes to how the brand is portrayed, how beauty marketing evolves, really the standards for beauty in general. You can follow Steph at Golf Gloss Creative. She'll share how to spell her handle, but it's Golf Gloss without all the vowels. And let's just jump in. Hey guys, welcome back. I am here with Steph. Steph, I can't wait to hear about you. I can already tell this is going to be one of my favorite episodes. Steph and I actually go way back, but we were not really great friends probably, <laughs> probably ever. Um, it's, we had a little bit of a difference in age and we were at different points in our careers, but it's taken me so long to really appreciate Steph's personality. I have an Aquarius son and I've really adapted to like a vibe keeper mentality. That is such an Aquarius quality. So Steph, uh, let's talk about your background and, oh, and everyone say hi to YY. Hi. I know, right? I'm like, if you guys can hear her, YY, do you want to say hi to everyone? Yeah. Say hi. As she's chewing a lip gloss. <laughs> what a sweetie. Very, very appropriate. Start, start there. Tell us about mom life. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's easily the best thing I've ever done. You know, I always, I didn't know if I would ever be a mom, mostly just because dating's hard and, you know, that's where you got to start. <laughs> but, you know, when I turned, I want to say 33, I kind of decided like I knew I really wanted kids. Yes. But I just didn't know if it was going to happen. So, yeah. I mean, she's been the best gift ever. I mean, it's 
hard juggling work and everything. Cause I stay home with her and I'm sure you get that too as a new mom, but yeah, I mean, it's easily my favorite thing. Oh, she does exactly what Cash does, like a little baffling. And uh huh, yes, just hi, yes, so <laughs> sweet. How do you like being a baby mama? Oh gosh. Um, so I mean, we had YY very soon after dating. Granted, we had dated like two years prior, but you know, stayed friends. I didn't even know that. That explains, yeah. you know, because Landon was always kind of in love with you. Sorry, Landon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that explains yeah. it. <laughs> I know. And it was one of those things where like, you just don't realize that what's meant to be is like right in front of you. Like I needed to get through some of my own shit to realize that what was standing right in front of me was the life I asked for, you know, and the life that I had always hoped for. And I don't know, but like a light bulb moment went off one day and all of a sudden, like, I just didn't see Landon as a friend anymore. I really saw him as somebody that was like a good dad and all that good stuff. And so I, um, I don't know, I think I just slowly started to gravitate into his orbit and just wanted to be friends, you know, especially because I'm the one that the first time around was like, I can't do this. So I didn't want to assume that I was even dating material for him anymore. <laughs> and so it's kind of funny how it worked out because we just started hanging out. And then literally like, three months later, we found out I was pregnant and it's literally been, I mean, it's been the best thing ever. It worked out exactly how it was supposed to No, And you guys are a cute family. And I feel like you have so much in common, which is like, people don't realize like having something like you always want to date someone who's kind of different than you, right. To keep things exciting. Mm -hmm. But like, once you have a kid, all you want is someone who like really shares a lot of common qualities with you. So you're not arguing about the same 15 things all Mm -hmm. the time. Yeah. And it's hard. It's like, even though, I mean, core values are 100% the same. And I think that's why it makes the hard times easier. Um, because you're right. I'm like, we're like any other couple where I'm like, Hey, like just wash the dishes. I don't, I mean, or the bottles, like, I don't want to ask you to do it. Just do it. (laughs) Like, no, if I have to ask you, it's not going to be nicely. (laughs) Exactly. That's kind of how I feel about it too. I'm like, we're both parenting. Why do I have to ask you to do this? (laughs) No, especially because I don't think guys understand. Like, I know we're all tired as parents, but like when you started a deficit of having to get pregnant, having to give birth, like you walk into it at like rock bottom. (laughs) Like it can't get any harder feeling like you're not the same person after having a baby in a good way, but you're just not. And the, I mean, I've always loved women and had respect for women, but once I like had a baby, I was Oh, women are the shit. Like, you know, like we literally do it all the way you're healing your body while nurturing this other little body. And then on top of it, you and I are the kind of people I, when I was back to work three months after she was born. And I know some people go back sooner. I've been very fortunate to like take my time and really work in an industry where I can work on my terms at my house, like, you know, whatever. So I've been very fortunate in that sense, but I mean, just juggling it all has been really difficult. Um, I still, it's still difficult. If anything, it was easier in the beginning because I could just lay her down (laughs) and do my business. Now I have to chase her around the house and hopefully, you know, she's not sticking her hands in sockets, stuff like that. So, (laughs) you know, just making sure I keep this human alive while also trying to build my business. So it's, it's hard. And they do the other day, my son, I had a Takaya burrito bag in the bed and I was like, 
falling asleep because I'm tired. I'm sure you're tired. And I was like resting while he was kind of playing. And I hear this like, uh, sound. I'm like, I open my eye and he's got the burrito bag on his head and he's just like, (laughs) yeah, no, exactly. You're like, just not do that. Yeah. Yeah, Can we all be really cool for like the next two hours? Yes. And that's the thing is you really don't know like what you need baby proof wise until they're at that stage. You know, yes, there's things that are obvious, but some things you're like, okay, like I didn't think you'd ever touch that. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. It became mm-hmm. a hot, hot commodity in this house. It used to be a weapon that yeah, no one cared exactly, about. Exactly. I can't tell you how many things we just, we were like, just get rid of it. Just throw it away. No, a hundred percent. Talk to me about, I think what people are really interested in is women like you, first of all, I consider you really successful. Like it's really hard to build not just one business, but multiple ones over years. And it takes a lot to convince people when you've changed to something else, right? Like I used to be that and now I'm this and I'm qualified as both, but I'm this now. And though you kind of went makeup influencer, makeup photographer, and then some other things in between there. Um, tell me, basically how you did it. Tell, tell everyone we yeah, all want to, I, mean, I think the that secret. you have to have a certain DNA to even want to start your own thing. And I just can't not do it. And I think once you have the taste of working for yourself, that's all you want to do. You know, I mean, we, I love all the memes, the jokes of like, I gave up the nine to five to have the 24 seven, but, and it's yeah. true, but I literally wouldn't have it any other way. You know, you know, there are some days, like I just did a recent giveaway for like my video content and I had to stay up until midnight the night before, just to make sure the email that was going out was right. You know, because I don't have a team that I'm currently hiring for to do that, those kinds of things, but it's because I've chosen that. I generally am like where I'm at right now is I'm, I'm doing it all so that when I do pass it off to people, I can understand them on that level. I know what it takes to do it, but also it'll be beneficial for me as a business owner, because I'll also know how easy things are. So I will never be taken advantage of. Like, I know how long it takes to build this. I know how long it can take sometimes too. So I can sympathize with people, but also not be walked all over. Um, so sorry, total tangent side note there. No, I think that's actually a really good point. I think a lot of people just hand stuff off because they don't want to deal with it or even understand what's going on. And they do get taken advantage of. I've seen it like a million times people when I was working, they'd come to the agency and they'd be like, well, we used to pay for this. And like, that's all we could afford. I'm like, what were you paying for that? So like, it's like 10 minutes of work. (laughs) Exactly. And you're somebody too, you're a very efficient, like you're smart, you know what you're doing. You're very efficient, but there are some people that do the same thing as you that don't do it in the same form. So that's the hard part about what we do and outsourcing or even people hiring us because you and I probably do things differently than other people, you know? Um, But I do truly think that everything I've done up to what I'm doing now. It's weird how I did it for so long and honestly was kind of unhappy for so long, but I wouldn't be as strong at what I'm doing now if I didn't have that experience. Like everything I've done previously to where I'm at now as a photographer and and general content creator for businesses and brands, I wouldn't have the knowledge I have had I not gone through the last decade of my career. So I'm thankful because as you know, as a makeup artist, yeah, I, I had the opportunity to do that whole influencer thing, which just kind of happened. It was never a plan or a goal or whatever. And obviously it's not something I've continued to um, necessarily go after, but 
I got, I know what it's like to be on that side of working with brands. And I also became such good friends with some of those brand owners that I know what it's like on their end, you know, kind of hiring, which is nice because now as a photographer, yeah, I might not be influencing for this company, but I might work with their influencers or I work with them in a capacity enough to kind of know like, oh, they're also dealing with all these other facets of their business how do I fit into it? Well, like, where would I be beneficial and what can I give them that they don't, you know, because I feel like there's in my industry, such a solid mix of UGC lifestyle, very in the moment, but then also they need those really high end quality imagery or video or whatever to actually generate the sales or the conversion or have for web or e-com. So, and then obviously as a makeup artist, I was behind the lens. I was able to see what the photographer's seeing or, you know, working with models and stylists. I mean, when I first moved here, I was doing all of it. Before anybody knew my name, I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to style. I'm going to do hair. I'm going to do makeup. And I remember there was somebody that walked on set once and they were like, oh, like you're so-and-so. And I, in my brain, I was like, cool. My rate just went up and I'm no longer doing hair, makeup and styling. I mean, all of that. I'm doing just makeup. You know, once people knew who I was, I was like, cool, I'm not busting my my butt anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think people realize like even as influencers, the type of influence they have. I remember I saw you and your mom at the movies once I followed you on Instagram, but we didn't know each other yet. Uh-huh. And I told my mom, I was like, I think I follow her on Instagram. And it, right, I was like, nuts? yeah, no, it's totally bizarre. I was like, there's no way. And then a couple weeks later, Melissa said that she had hired you. And I'm like, oh mm-hmm. shit. I was like, I've been following her on Instagram her work is so good. And like, I don't know back then, like I was so young, but like, I felt like I was always at that point in my career early on where I was like really jealous of people. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean like, she's, mm-hmm. so, she's so much more talented. She has so many oh. more of this. So like, like that was like always who I am now. I like, I mean, probably like you are, I'm so fucking tired from being a mom, but like, I can't even see like three feet ahead of me. I don't care what no. anyone else is doing. You don't, I don't, no, I don't care. I'm to give a shit. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you there too. I'm like, it's so easy to stay in your own lane and stay in your own creativity. Like once you're a mom, because you, you're, first of all, your priorities shift in general and you just have different things, whatever. And I do think that getting older age, we just start caring about things differently. I think we love and respect ourselves more anyway, which opens up so much more doors for us in general. And we kind of get out of our own way. We kind of, you know, we have a little bit more grace for ourselves. And in general, I don't think that people realize like when that door opens, how much more creativity for yourself floods in because you're not sitting there thinking about you yourself or the stuff that doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's totally like, projecting your shit onto other people, right? When you're like living an unhealthy, toxic way, you project that shit onto everybody. And even if you don't know, like you don't even realize you're doing it. Mm -hmm. No, I didn't even realize. I was like, why the fuck am I so unhappy all the time? Like, I just don't want to deal with anybody. And it was like so hard. Like, I don't know. And I think you, you confuse things, right? Like if I'm successful, I'm fine. It's really not that right. Like it's really not that off. I'm not happy. I'm not doing good. <laughs> like exactly. that, that's the truth. Exactly. And I think that I, and I like that this is popping up more and more just because I think so much of say like even Instagram or social media, like everyone's posting their highlight reel, but at the same time, it's like, well, why would I want to post anything negative? So, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be posting negative stuff in the space and, you know, like whatever. And so I, I think people have found this really beautiful balance of being real, but not also not being super negative. But I think that we are still kind of on this cusp of like that's that word success, where just because somebody has a ton of followers or just because they work with this brand or whatever, they're successful. And, you know, I feel like even my opinion of success has changed because I feel like 
the fact that I'm able to stay home with Wyatt and like when she's awake, I can be with her, like play visual games, read books, just laugh, take her on walks. And then when she goes down, I can still work and get, I'm hitting my deadlines. Like I might not have a million dollars in my bank account, but to me with where my life currently is at, that to me is success. Like I'm able to manage my stuff. I have my family time and you know, maybe my success, my idea of success five years from now will be different. Maybe it will be having a huge company. <laughs> oh, oh my God. That is great. You know, I can't even imagine Nikki, this is like a sidebar, but like raising a girl is just probably so hard, like to teach people, like, especially to unlearn things. Like I remember it being so important. Like if people said that you were so pretty when you were a girl and now like people don't care about that, we shouldn't have cared about it to begin with, but definitely not now. I feel like being a girl mom, I'm excited for the opportunity because I feel like this world, I truly think there's a reason why there were so many girl babies born in 2020. I think this world is going to be in need of some strong women in the future for sure. But you're right. Like I have thought of things where, you know, what types of compliments was I getting as a kid? It wasn't that I was smart. It wasn't that I was creative. It wasn't that I was curious. It wasn't any of that stuff. It wasn't that I had sweet energy. It was literally just like, oh, you're cute or you're not cute. Like that's literally, I feel like when, and I, I know I'm a little older than you, but I do feel like as a really young kid in the nineties, that's all people care about, you know? Well, and I think, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to do this is I remember being in so many meetings and things where I was like, even things I've said, I feel so bad about now. Like, I don't understand why we use that model. Like, I don't think she's very pretty, like things like that, that like, you don't realize like what you do and what I do and what everybody in this industry does is we are actual captors of what beauty is and what it will be. So we define for women like her, like your daughter, what beauty will be in the next 10 years. And we affect people's, you know, their psychology, like what oh, yeah. are they going to think is beautiful? Are they going to feel accepted? Are they going to feel like people exist out there in the realm of normal people who look like them? Yes. And that's really tough. You know, you don't realize like you're, you get so you get so incensed by the idea of selling things and making beautiful work. You forget the impact that it has on women. And oh, hundred percent. I am thankful that I'm hoping that if anything, like what I can pass on to Wyatt, like when I think about growing up, like women, I, oh my gosh, like just really, yeah, she's talking. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Sorry guys. You're getting some, a little spice of YY in the background. <laughs> That's great. Um, we needed more background music. Anyways. Seriously. Um, like the, the women that I generally and genuinely always aspire to like, wanted to be like, were the people who gave me a certain feeling. Right. So I remember I had one of my very first boyfriends, his mom, like even to this day, I sometimes like have these moments where I'm like, okay, like what would, what would she do? Or, you know what I mean? Or whatever. And it's because she was just such a strong, like her character was just really good and was really there. But when I really think about the kind of woman or mom or even grandma that I want to be like, I want them to know that they have a warm home to come home to. Like the kitchen's going to have smells coming out of it. You know, like the linens are going to smell a certain way. Like, it's just, I really want to be that more like nurturing, caring provider. I just want Wyatt to know that growing up, like she's so much more than just, visually a face or a woman or whatever, like she can be so much more to this world. If she wants to be, she can give so much back to it. And I feel like I've needed to discover that within myself too. Like I have values outside of it, especially working in the industry. So you're going to die actually because of what I used to do 
with makeup, right. And just tutorials right. and whatever. I swear, like I just had so many photos of myself, you know, for like the selfies or whatever. And I, you know, in a sense I would justify it because it's work. Like it's what I need to do for work. And it's, right. it wasn't a lie, but it's so funny now because I can scroll on my phone and I'm like, Oh my God, I do not have a single photo of myself. <laughs> And I it's love that, the best though. feeling ever. Like, unless it's photos of, you know, like we just did our Christmas photos and, um, you know, whatever family pictures, like I'll have that, but girl, I'm like, I don't have a selfie on my phone. I think that's great. I love turning into one of those people. I was at a Thanksgiving thing and I was like, okay, do you want to see pictures of my son? I know you do. <laughs> oh yeah. Me, let me get them right now. You're like, I have a hundred, which one do you want to start with? <laughs> exactly. I was like, let's start at day one and we can work up to today. <laughs> Seriously. I think one of the reasons that I think you're such a good role model in the industry is not everything that you've achieved, but also as I've always known you, you are terrific at setting boundaries. And I think that's such an important part of succeeding as a freelancer or just in an industry where there's so many solopreneurs, like we, they have a tendency to text you or call you or like need things that are definitely a little scope creepy outside what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like um, I'm also still a human, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And I think you've done a good job. I know some of the brands that you're working with personally now, and, and some of them through other people, but tell me how you go about attracting the right clients for your work. Yeah. And I feel like this is going to be like the worst answer possible because I think people want like a one, do this, two, yeah. do this. You know, I truly, I'm just such an energy person. Like I can, I can tell pretty quick. And I'm so thankful for that because even as a makeup artist, you would just get cold emails from people you don't know. And a part of me sometimes was like, yeah, I don't think I want to work with this person. Was I always right? No, I definitely was like genuinely surprised. Like someone that at first I was kind of like, mm, I don't know. And like, we'd get on a call, you know, once like, and that's what I love about zoom is you can really see eye to eye. Like, I think there's just so much more to some people, you know, some people aren't great with email and that's just what it is. So once you can kind of get on zoom and meet them, you're kind of like, Oh, like I can actually look you in the eye and get a feel for who you are, you know? But prior to that, I feel like like all of us have had to really rely on a DM on Instagram or an email and really, or then followed by a phone call. And truly, I just had to like do my own research in the sense of like, do we have like-minded ideas um, based off of like our conversation? Do we work in the same ways? And I, I feel like I set a lot of the tone too with people because I'm very honest with them in the sense of I'm a creator and I'm also kind of one of those people that when I'm on, I'm on and I will kill it for you. When I'm off, I need you to let me to be off because, you know, even if something's like a day later than you thought it was going to be, I promise you it will be better than if I had sent it to you the day before. And I think working with somebody like you, like a lot of creatives, what other people have to learn and be in tune with is because I remember that from working with you, like, and you were very in tune with when you were starting to get burned out, you'd be like, not today, not tomorrow. I need a break. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize what a role that plays in freelance work, like knowing when it's time to say no and even say no in a more permanent thing. Like this has been a great experience for both of us. Yes. I think we both need to move. Uh-huh. And I've had to do that, you know, and it's, it's something that I'm thankful for the experience for. I don't think anyone ever really wants to have to do that, but yeah, no, there's definitely been times where, you know, I've had to be like, listen, like, you know, our, I don't know, our rivers are flowing different ways, you know, we're just, we're going different directions. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on a boat this way, you're going that way, you know? And I, and I really do value the people that, 
you know, I've had really good feedback, but I also feel like it could be the way I deliver it too. Like just the way I, I feel like I genuinely treat people with respect and I feel like I communicate. So I feel and, and energy, right? Like you said, even from the times we work together, it's very obvious when I'm checked out and <laughs> like, I know that that's like, just who I am, right. but I also address it. So people, yeah. it's not awkward. People aren't like, where's Steph? I'm, I literally look at people and I'm like, I'm checked out. <laughs> like I can't do this anymore. And you I know? think so much maturity comes with that. It's so hard for people to realize, like, especially in this culture, like you live at such a burned out state now, like work, 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 work. And yeah. then you get one day off or whatever yeah. that you don't realize it's coming. And then all of a sudden you're like, whatever yours is very clear. Like, this is what I'll be doing this week. And yeah. then after that, I'm not going to do anything. And then here's when I'll be starting again. Like it, yes. it, the boundaries are so clear, which yes. I think one entrepreneurs really need when they're working with creatives because creatives, they are creative. I mean, they're, they're being paid because they have a talent and mm-hmm. the talent isn't always to be uh, yeah. 100% on all the time. That's just not, No, I'm sorry, but that fire is not always burning. Like it dwindles here and there or whatever, you know? And that's one thing too. I always try to tell people, and I feel like I've found a structure as well with, cause you know, I do have monthly clients. And just because I'm off one month doesn't mean I can't not deliver for them, you know? So at the end of the day, I still have to pull it together, but I will say, I think I've been very fortunate and lucky to find the people that I want to work with so that even on my off months, it's not, it doesn't feel bad. It doesn't feel heavy. It's not that I don't want to do it. It's just say I'm having a harder creative struggling month, but it's never to the point where I'm like, I can't do this anymore, or I don't want to work with you anymore. It's not like ever like that. And truly, I feel like everyone I've ever worked with, I would always work with as long as the boundaries and parameters were mutually respected, you know? Well, and I've been loving your work lately. Like I saw some of the lady sweet stuff. It's dope. Thanks. It's so I know. Good. I really want to do more with them soon. <laughs> what do you think photography looks like? So there's so many parts to it, right? There's the creative piece, but there's also photography as an input of marketing and sales, right? It really is the beginning of building the brand. Like And no matter what anybody says, you cannot get cheap photos and succeed as a brand. That's just the truth about, about marketing now. That's just, no, I agree. I agree. And like, what is your brand without imagery, you know, or like any sort of visual content? It's so important. I mean, you see the rollouts from certain brands and there's a reason why it does so well. Yeah. The graphics are cool, but if it didn't have that image to go with it, it wouldn't matter, you know? And that's where I think it's so important. And I feel like as a photographer, I really do feel like I've been good at looking at stuff because everyone I work with is so different, you know, very different and fun for me because I'm not stuck shooting in this like one type of style of photography. And it's been kind of really cool to watch how, like, say I shoot for brands because with 2020, I had to do everything from home. They couldn't be here to help with the whole like creative process or the creative direction. I just had to order tons of supplies, style scenes and shoot. And that to me, it was fun, but it did get draining because at the end of the day, I'm not a stylist, I'm a photographer and I'm thankful for the experience that I have. But I will say that my job is a lot easier when brands understand that I'm the photographer. I'm not the creative director. I'm not the stylist. I'm happy to help with all of those things, but I also feel like there's a lot more pre-production that goes into that. And people don't realize that there's like fees that go along with that or whatever, you know? So I've really had to either, and I'm very hands-on. I help find, if I don't do it, I help find them, find them. I'm not just like go out there and go out into the wild and try to find a stylist, you know, yeah. I want to work with people I like as well. So yeah. it's been kind of cool because I love being a part of the creative direction. I think you have to be in some capacity, but I think at the end of the day, 
most of my brands have done such an amazing job with their brandings to the point where when they reach out, I already see the visuals. I'm like, oh, I know what I want to do. You know? Oh, yeah. That brings up an interesting point. What if somebody comes to you and they kind of have like a not great brand? Not there are some brands that are like, you know, it's subjective, right? Art is subjective. So there's some that's just like, that's not my vibe, whatever. But there are some brands out there that are just not great looking and they need a lot of work yes. to be at a place where anything would matter, right? Like they could pay the best marketing agency in the world and like their brand's not ready. Like that's the truth. Like, have you had to tell anybody it's not time yet? I mean, no, not necessarily. I will say I've actually had somewhat of the opposite where I've had someone reach out recently where I was so inspired by their bottle and their packaging that I, I mean, I didn't send them anything because they didn't pay me, but I have already shot their product. <laughs> And I haven't like for me to take the time out of my current schedule to do that tells me that like, I'm clearly jazzed on that client. So I've been reaching out to them and I hope it works out. So I've had more of that experience recently where I feel like the only, they've only had one brand recently where they needed like a facelift, but they knew it and they've been so on board with everything. And even just in the six months of us working together, I, I feel like their brand visually is 180. They've been doing well because they, they marketed to the right people. And I feel like they were doing it right but I think they could tell that if they wanted to continue to grow and just to, to be better, they needed to start bringing on professionals. And I love it. I was actually texting with them this morning and I was like, I hope you're really happy with, you know, the girl that's doing all your social and branding because, you know, between her and I working together, like the visuals with her branding, it's, it's their brands completely different now. And it's awesome. Oh, I love that. So sometimes you coordinate with the social team or the marketing team oh, yeah. for shit that they need. Oh, that's the best. When creatives... I just think that's the best way to do it. You know what I mean? Because I truly think that three heads is better than one when it comes to creativity, because I could have ideas all day long, but mixed with somebody else's perspective or idea, we could really create some really beautiful stuff. And I like having the brand's input. There's nothing worse than a brand being like, I don't know what I want. And so you shoot something for them. And then they're like, oh, but not that, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, you don't know what you want, but okay. Got it. <laughs> oh, well, I feel like often in my career, it was, what do you want? I don't know, whatever you think and then do it, but not that. Not that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything but what you actually well, took the time to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What about, I think one of the biggest things people ask questions about, I don't know why they think it's a marketing question because it's really not. I feel like this is a creative question. It's like when you create content that's for something like Instagram or even something outside the normal parameters of the brand and people use your work, like large companies who can pay for great marketing and great photography, and they choose to use free stuff they find on the internet and don't credit people. Does it happen? Oh yeah. It drives me insane. I think it's, I think it's, I've even had to mess. I had to send a text to a a person I used to work with. And I basically was like, how do you feel about doing this? Because that's somebody's picture that you didn't pay for, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, and it's not like, it's just really, really difficult. And now that I'm the photographer too. So for instance, one of my previous brides, when I was a makeup artist, um, one of her wedding photos is like being used on some bus somewhere in like LA or something. What? She got her permission. It was like a billboard or a, I, I don't know. And I'm assuming that they've been in touch with the photographer or whatever, but I'm like, so I, I DM'd her cause she posted it thinking it was funny. And I was like, I'm like, girl, I'm like that photographer better be getting a check. And she wrote me back and she's like, we all should. And I was like, you're right. We all should. I did your makeup. <laughs> 
I would be so mad if it was like my intimate special day and people are using it. You know, I feel like that's the world. It's hard to, because these poor influencers who probably aren't getting paid enough anyway from these brands that they're doing stuff for, they post like that gets posted on Pinterest. And then everybody's just thinks Pinterest is a free for all. And so they take that content and use it on their social media and it's really crappy. You know, um, I feel like I've definitely seen some issues lately with some bigger brands using imagery that they, this is my, I think my least favorite excuse. And I think that this is a problem across the board in our industry. And I swear that this is, um, like a pre put together message, like for like legal advice, but uh, yeah, but another photographer's image was used for basically a holiday sale ad and, you know, their community knew it was their photo and they, you know, every, so everybody was like, excuse me. And so then the photographer got in touch with them and I'm hoping she got paid what she should get paid for it. But like, that's the problem is people. And then they say like, oh, we saved this image in our inspiration folder and it got mixed up. And it's like, no, you know, what's your, you know, what you've paid for and you know what you haven't paid for and your inspiration folder should never be mixed up into your ads folder, you know? And I think what's cheap about that is that they're making it seem like it's a marketing team of like 500 people. You guys, it's like one or two people like calm down, like for you to make it. Yeah. For people to make it seem like it's a miscommunication. No, typically it's like one person who like did it. And then they're sorry. Exactly. And the hard part is like, you know, you know, unfortunately when people do those things, it falls on the company. And that is crappy. And that's something that they need to handle within their own world. But to me, as somebody who like is in that industry, I find that to be the most disrespectful response because it's just a lie. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and it's like, no, we know that we know where you got the picture. It's okay. (laughs) You know? And I think that that's all really relevant to the main point of what I've been trying to do here is like, what is real and what is not right. Because at a certain point, like this is just performative, right? Like we're just doing what we're doing because people told us to do it. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, where does the role of creatives extend? Like, I think the biggest issue we've had since last year with, with what happened with black lives matter and specifically in beauty, what was called pull up or shut up when they found out that a lot of the brands were not representing a diverse group of individuals, both in the company and in a, you know, a branding marketing sense, Like, how can we as creatives or people who work on the side of the brand who have a responsibility, but not as much say as other people, right? Like at at the end of the day, we're workers, we get paid, right? To do what we're being told to do. And how can we take accountability for honesty in that group? How can we bring diversity to the forefront in ways that we have the power to control? If that makes sense. Yeah, I think the best way to do it is to do it yourself. Like for me, for instance, I feel like I was so, I'm still to this day, so proud of the agency that I used to be a part of because we, I mean, even, and like, just to touch base on another, uh, the topic we were talking about earlier, we never went for that. I mean, we're in Scottsdale, Arizona. Like you see the typical models all the time. It's whatever. Yeah. And so I feel like <laughs> My business partner and I, we were so good at like the, the more different the model looks, the more eccentric, like, like, give me the freckles, give me the gap teeth, give me the, give me the big hair, like, you know, give me the curls, give me the, um, we wanted different ethnicities. Like we were very big on that. And as a makeup team, we really wanted to showcase that we knew how to work with different types of ethnic hair and different skin tones, you know? So I was so thankful that it was already kind of built into our core of 
that. You know, we love all people. We're working with everybody, but you're right. It was a huge, huge issue in the beauty industry. And you and I were a huge part of that. And I mean, I was still doing makeup stuff when all that was going on. And, and you're right. I, because I was a professional makeup artist, whenever brands would ask me like, you know, these night, these smaller indie brands would ask me like, what do we need? I was always saying shade ranges, your shade ranges suck. You know, it's not hard to make deeper skin tones. It's not hard to make more yellow and red undertoned skin, skin tones. Like everything was so ashy. It wasn't even like, even if they did make skin tones, like the deeper tones, they were the wrong undertone. They were so purple. They were so percent. They were so half-assed created. Like it was like someone spent five minutes doing it and moved on and it fed on itself. Right. Because it became, well, those skin tones don't shop here or buy this product. I'm like, well, because you don't create products that they can buy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, have you worn it? Have you even had it on your hand? It's garbage. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And so like, that was the thing too. I I remember having a conversation with um, a particular brand that I think has done an amazing job with their stuff. But that was the first thing I said to them. I was like, you need at least six more shades and they all need to have this base. They all need to have this undertone. I don't want to see any ash in these products ever, (laughs) you know? And so I feel like, yeah, that was a really big, that was a really big deal, but I feel like it has to start with us. So when people hire me, I source a lot of the models and I always try to pick the same type of models that I would have chosen for my agency as well so that they have diversity. Okay. I got a couple more things I want to do, but I'll be quick first, just because as a fellow beauty lover. And I've discovered a lot of stuff I really like through you. What about new products you like and staple ones you're still using? Oh my gosh. Okay. I was like, she's going to ask me a makeup question and I'm just like, <laughs> girl, I haven't worn makeup in two years now. <laughs> I feel so extremely out of the loop, but I will say, I mean, my tried and trues are fit glow, like the concealer. That's what uh-huh. I have on today. Um, I'm gl- glowed out in fit glow right now. I, and I just started using the, the Ilia mascara and which so is far, so good. Yeah. I love it. That's what I have on right now. So Ilia mascara, let me think of, so, so that's new for me. Um, I mean, I, I mean, it's not makeup, but in, it's in the same world for no, me. Skincare is uh, fine too. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Super I, Osmia soaps. Can't get enough of them. Yeah. I'm using the dirty chai, the holiday soap right now. And I love it because the, the coffee that's in there, it's like an exfoliator. Like you just take the bar and you rub it on your body and it kind of exfoliates. Well, and the price point, like, I feel like mm-hmm. clean beauty is the center of this actually cost me $1, but I'm going to sell it for 500. So yeah, I think I get like three or four at a time just because, you know, especially the holiday ones, I need to order more now that we're thinking about it. But, um, and I'm just a huge fan of agent of products. So like I'm using the holy main. Yeah. And I'm, I think I'm seeing it. <laughs> Wait, I'm is that, was that the new one? What did you, you post on Instagram and then the next slide to show what it was. And I was like, never mind. <laughs> but oh, oh, well, gosh, what was that that you were messaging me about? Shoot. I don't remember, but I am using the Holy main. Um, and I just got the mask, the brightening mask. Oh, the mask. Yeah. So that's new. And I do love that. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm, I'm also a huge fan. Like Jenna's stuff is always good. It's really well thought out. And mm-hmm. the symbiosis of the products within the brand are really, really excellent. And I think they yeah. always work with other stuff too. Like I use your eye. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So freaking. So I good. feel like those are probably like fit glows, just my tried and true for sure. I, I mean, I've gotten so many amazing things from brands, um, over the years, but I feel like I, as I'm aging, I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of texture postpartum. And so I've been doing like microneedling treatments. So I'm finding that like the fit glow is working the best because the creamier the products are, the better my skin looks. So, Ooh, I want to talk about microneedling, but 
what I like about those three brands is they're three really nice people that I, that I love supporting. So oh, Sarah, Sarah's great. Jenna's super smart. Like Sarah's like how we were talking about like women that I aspire to be like, Sarah's one of those people. Yeah. I could so see that for you. She lives such a holistic lifestyle and the way that she speaks to mm-hmm. actual people is exactly yeah. the way she lives her life. Like it's not just, a manufactured she, thing. She gets shit done. You know, like you, but she does it. I don't know. She's yeah, she's smart. I just, I love her. Um, I just love everything about her. I love following her, and I low key need her house in the mountains. (laughs) Yeah, her, her life, everything that she's done. Yeah, (laughs) everything she's done so good. Um, okay. I want to play a little game called yay or nay. So basically these are new beauty trends. I'll explain them if you haven't so seen pumped. it. Okay. Great. <laughs> and then you tell me yay or nay why yes or no. Okay. I'm, out of, I'm old and out of the loop. So here we go. Okay. What about, have you seen on TikTok the trend for almond eyeliner? No. <laughs> okay. So let me explain it for you and I'll tell you how it works. And if you do it or not. So you literally okay. take an almond, like a nut Okay. <laughs> and you light it on fire. I'm okay. not kidding. And it like burns a little bit. And then it has this like black top of the edge and you use it as your eyeliner and like everyone's doing it. Well, that, that's a no for me. A no? A no. Because I mean, first of all, nuts are very high allergy. So there's yeah, a reason. Uh, not, not sorry, but like, that's like the most awkward shape in my opinion for. Well, and what about scratchy? Like just scratchy eating nuts like, is very scratchy. That and like, I don't know. Part of me is like, do you not care about what you're putting next to your eyeball? Like, <laughs> oh my God. What about, okay. So what about banana peel facials? Have you seen it? Like you I just, not seen that either. Okay. It was on TikTok also. TikTok is my new thing. Like when I need a break from my son in my bed at night, it's not TV, it's TikTok. <laughs> Well, I, I know I get, I get, I get more dug into the dancing TikToks on there. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't do that because then I'm, cause I'm like a big wino now. So like well, yeah. at Girl. the end of the ball then I'm going to be filming my own. So like, yeah. I can't do that. Like <laughs> no dance videos. You gotta put the TikTok away. But basically it's like the peel of the banana and you put it on your face and you rest with it. I mean, bananas do have you know, some vitamins, but not as much as a lot of fruits. Like, yeah, that's true. I've never heard of anyone doing that. Like, I feel like a lot of people do stuff with like green tea or like matcha, you know, shit. Like yeah. That. And like, obviously I've heard, you know, the eggs and avocados and stuff or hair. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I yeah. get it, but I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's sort of wasteful. I mean, in this economy, like, you know, 50 cents of a banana that you're just going to throw away. True. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a mom. So yeah, exactly. What about soap brows? Okay. Soap brows became so big in 2019, then kind of evolved into brow lamination. Um, but still a big trend, like celebrities do it runway models. Yeah, no, actually like soap brows was something that we had to do before all of that, you know, because I was a makeup artist. I'm like, when did I even become a makeup artist? I really like in 2008, 2009. Right. And so I remember like the fluffy brows weren't in for a minute until like later. Right. And so like with the whole shaping and honestly, sometimes to even do those editorial style brows where you're blocking them out, like there's so many things you can do from like the glue and whatever, but soaping them down first was like one of the best first steps because it also like it would seal the hair down and flatten it, but it would also kind of create this nice like primer layer. So then you could go onto other things to like cover the brow or it would just give that beautiful styled 
like fluffy look. And so honestly, like my ex-business partner, she would do that all the time. She had a bar of soap in her kit, the schooly ones. Like, so now that it's like a thing, it just kind of makes me laugh. No, it was like a hack before. And now it's like a thing. Like I just got that Patrick talk came out with his version of it. Right. Uh-huh. Who, by the way, everybody loves is a great makeup artist, but his freaking kit, I want to say it's like 27 bucks or something like that. I mean, it's literally soap. But, you know, I'd buy it again, whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, I totally get it. I want to try that out. I mean, I tried, I'm trying the brow freeze right now and I don't hate it, but I mean, I it's been so hard for me to find a brow product that I love, to be honest. Yeah. Well, we both use, the Kosas one is great. Um, mm-hmm. I do love their gel. The gel's so good. I have the clear. It's not as strong as the soap though. Like the no. the glycerin, the soap. I mean, that's like tape that's to your it. face. Yeah, you're but done. You use the Dr. Bonner soap. Like it can be a clean soap. Oh, what a good idea. Yeah. I never thought and that's about what that. I would typically use. Like their little bar soaps and just, yeah. yeah. In fact, that's just what I'm going to start doing, girl. I'm just going to yeah. go back to bar soaps. <laughs> that is such a cheap, perfect hack. God, I love that. I read this thing in Allure because I was trying to research the beginning of soap brows. Anyway, by the way, they attribute it to Cara Delevingne, which I don't think is correct. I feel like I don't think that's correct. runway models before oh, that. It, well, and it's a visionary makeup artist from probably the nineties. Like, yeah, totally, it did not yeah. start with Cara. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but in the same article, Allure with their, you know, classic, I don't know if this is fear mongering or what this is, but they were like, beware of soap brows. If you start sweating, you'll get soap in your eye. pH of your eyeballs will never be the same. I was Let's talk about all the other toxic shit in your makeup. Okay. Let's I was shocked. I was like. Well, now I have a new fear if I like start crazy sweating and my eyebrows get in my eye. I mean, we live in Arizona, but I don't see you and I ever sweating to the point where that's an issue. <laughs> I, I barely even go outside anymore. I'm I know, right? Minute, we just but... hide in our house with our babies. <laughs> Last one. What is the reason a brand should use iPhone photos versus professional photos? Well, I mean, first of all, I think where that like answer lies in is you have to find somebody who's good at taking iPhone photos. You know, there's a girl that I'm friends with in the Valley who I know she works for a fashion line and all she shoots is iPhone photography. And it's incredible. Like, but I, she's the only person I've seen who kid, who can do that. Um, so I think it truly takes like a visionary, like a really true creative to do that. Um, and Ivy, I've been doing it a little bit in my branding, like on my Instagram, my current feed is like very much, um, there's an, there's editorial, but then there's like the moody iPhone photography where it's literally taken. Oh, those are iPhones. Yeah. Yeah. So like some of them, and I like the juxtaposition. I like because I need to be able to share my work. Right. And that's always going to be higher end. So, yeah, I mean, I think it can 100% be done. I think it just needs to be like, you have to find your, your look. It has to be like the edit that you do for everything. I think it can be done, but I will say, I think the people who just don't haven't nailed it or like haven't nailed their vibe. It's not good. It just doesn't, you can tell. So even with, and so so like, I've been doing a lot of mixed media in the sense of like iPhone photography, the high-end photography, because you just need it for certain things. If you're printing or web or whatever, um, but Polaroids, some of my favorite imagery that I got back from my brand shoot were the Polaroids. I was so happy with them that before I even had the pictures, I was like, if this is all we got today, I'm good. Like I'm happy. And I've actually used them in a lot of my email marketing and like my forms for my pop-ups and they look awesome. I think the Polaroids, even there's a photo on your Instagram where you have Polaroids, like, like layered behind you. Like they're so multi-use, like they're so great for so many 
kinds of things. Like I have them all over my house. I've been taking like cash as a baby book of like, you know, first this or whatever. So then yeah. they're all Polaroids, That's cute. but I, I agree. I think it's such a good thing that doesn't need extra editing and it has its own vibe. Like if it's right for your yes. brand, it so fits. Exactly. And that, I think my advice there is like, just don't try to fit a square peg in a round hole. If your brand isn't geared towards UGC or Polaroid, just don't do it. Like you don't have to jump on a trend. Do you, you will succeed with the type of photography that's best for your brand. I feel like that's the issue I'm seeing because UGC and Polaroids are so popular right now. Everyone's like, Oh, I need to do that. I need to do that. But then it doesn't translate at all for their brand. And that's where they're like, Oh, well, we're not seeing conversion or we're not seeing you know, interest. And I'm like, well, you're trying, you know, it's just not your, for your brand. Period. And I think that is like where you can see difference with a professional, like your breadth of work. I have seen a lot that looks really different and it fits in with kind of what the vibe of the current brand is. Like, obviously it's still your style infused in there, but it's not just like, it's not you forcing your style onto the brand. It's like the other way around, which I feel like is the exact reason to hire a professional photographer. Like, I mean, when you start working in the, like, okay, I want to do this for a trade. I want to do this for free, whatever you start getting the people who like, of course they can do photography, but they can do their own style of photography and that's it. And that's what you're going to get. Yep. And I feel like that's how I've always liked to work, but that's where I have to make sure I don't lose myself in, in other people, because I genuinely, when I shoot, I feel like naturally you're always going to get, like, I think people will see the picture and be like, Oh, like I know Steph took that, like that's a GGC shot, but I also try to like, obviously I don't want my brands to have the same stuff and they have different brands anyway. So it's been kind of fun for me to be like, okay, this is how I shoot, but how do I make it lady sweet? Or how do I make it fit low? Or how do I make it this, you know? So it's been kind of fun to, to do that. And honestly, it's rewarding for me because it tells me that like, I mean, I feel like any photographer that gets hired to work with the brand, if you care enough, you know, you're able to put aside like, oh, this is my style and shoot for the brand, you know, but I definitely have had experiences in the past where I had to shoot in such a specific style that I had to like break out of that mold and really learn other techniques. So it's hard because you want to give your clients what they want, but you don't want to get stuck either. So yeah, no, hundred percent. Well, Steph, this has been amazing. How can my listeners support you and your brands? You know, I love small business. I love sharing these with you. I've always wanted to find a way for us to work together more. So how, how can they support you and your brand and what you're doing? Uh, well, you're so sweet. And I'm so glad we got to do this too. And I'm like, glad we got to see each other actually. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel like I, I obviously push Instagram the most. And so my handle it's goth gloss creative, but without the vowels. Yes. yes. <laughs> so you guys can kind of see me. I think if you search just GGC on Instagram, I pop up. Um, but I do a lot of email marketing now and it's just kind of fun things there. I'm sure it will evolve over the next couple of years, but my website is gothglosscreative.com and I have pop-ups there. So if you guys are interested in emails and newsletters, you guys can sign up there. Um, but I pretty much only use Instagram right now. <laughs> I do have TikTok, but I'm not like a huge, like TikTok person, you know? Um, but I actually did, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know when this will air, but I did just announce like a giveaway. So it's running until December 5th. So if this airs after that, no big deal. <laughs> if that, if it's after, just forget everything I just said. <laughs> Well, this has been so great stuff. I'm so happy that you could come. I hope our kids can hang out soon and I hope everybody will tune in new episodes every Tuesday.